in your heart Share what you feel No matter the subject You can always be real Talk with JC Michelle. Hard talk with JC Michelle. Hard talk with JC Michelle. Hard talk with JC Michelle. Yeah. Welcome to Heart Talk. This is Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggets. I'm so glad to talk to you guys today. I've talked before and in previous episode about radical imagination. Now, I think there's also such a thing that I'd love to talk about, which is radical sacrifice. Something that I remember, actually a time that I will never forget, November 30th, 2017. I was sitting with a friend of mine who had been helping me out, working with me as an assistant at the time. And she just had, I don't know, she just had a word come through for me. And you know what it's like. If you grew up in the church, you know, somebody said they got a word for you, you know, your ears perked up. Now, truth be told, a lot of times that word didn't come from God. (laughs) But I will say that I have been in situations where I just had to listen because I trusted that the person was hearing something from spirit that you know, was supposed to be delivered to me. And it resonated with my own spirit and it confirmed something that had already been sitting with. And so anyway, I remember um, it was November 30th. We were sitting in IHOP, I believe. Um, And we were just talking through, like I was talking about my goals and kind of recapping the year and all the things that was accomplished and what I wanted to accomplish Um, But I was also incredibly exhausted, incredibly overwhelmed. And I remember her saying to me, what if you just take December off? (laughs) And anyone who knows me knows that I, the way that I looked at her, (laughs) you know, but she said, what if you just take December off? I'll handle any emails or anything that comes your way. Jump off social media, just drop it, drop social media altogether. Um, And why don't you just spend December in a very intense place of listening, listening to your life, listening to God, listening to what the next steps are. And you got to understand like that. It never occurred to me that that was even possible. It didn't occur to me that I could actually just go dark, right? Like that I could put everything aside. I was teaching at the time. I was a professor. So I was the end of my semester. I was grading and wrapping things up. But what she was suggesting was that I do absolutely nothing but be still and listen, spend time with my family. Really, I didn't know it at the time, but what she was actually asking me to do was to sit in joy and to embrace the season and to not get caught up in work and 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 that maybe that freedom of in my mind, right? Like that space, giving myself that space would actually open me up to hearing something for that I could carry with me into the next year. And I'll never forget coming out of 
you know, the, the, the December, right. (laughs) And on January 1st, 2018, I got my word for the year. Right. And I've been doing this now since then, like every year before I would do it, you know, occasionally I'd have a, a word for the year, but it became a, a consistent practice for me beginning on January 1st, 2018. And so uh, my word for 2018 was deeper. Right. I talk about this actually in my second book from 2022, Then They Came For Mine. I decided on January 1st to do something that I previously thought only white people did. Um, We were, me and my family, um, we'd like to be close to the water um, on New Year's Day. So we were at the Jersey Shore and you know, didn't think nobody would be there, right? Because it's winter time, it's freezing. Um, but we were at this hotel and there were quite a few people and we were like, what's going on, right? Um, and so we were at the pool, the in- indoor pool, and there was a guy and he kept like dumping himself in the water. And we were like, what's like, what's happening? And so, of course, my gregarious extroverted daughter goes over to him and asks and he says, I'm doing the polar bear plunge and I was just like um okay (laughs) and so I you know I felt an overwhelming call it's the only way I can describe it to do this polar bear plunge with all these white folks (laughs) um and so there was um you know, basically the polar bear plunge, if you don't know, is like a bunch of people in swimsuits in the wintertime, they run into the ice cold ocean, right? They run into the water. Um, and it was a absolutely powerful ritual. I, I call it that now, right? And it really was like a sealing of this month of listening, Um that I was doing, right? And it became sort of like symbolic of the word that I felt like I'd been given for the year, which was deeper. And so it was like this idea of I would be willing to jump into the deep places no matter what, no matter how cold it is, and trust that the outcomes will be what they need to be. And I did it. And when I tell you that year, the blessings flooded me, right? I couldn't believe the opportunities that were coming my way. And also, though, it was almost like those blessings and that surrender was the preparation that I needed for the other kind of deeper that I would experience that year, which was the extreme pain and heartache that came later when I learned that my elder cousin was murdered by a white supremacist in a grocery store in October of 2018. And so there was this great abundance on the other side of my surrender, my radical surrender, my radical sacrifice. And so, again, like, I think we can't hold too tightly to our 
systems. <laughs> and that's the only thing that I can call them, these things that we've put in place. Again, I've talked about control in previous episodes, but it's truly important that we learn to let go. Let go of the control that we think that we have. Relinquish our need for it. Because sometimes we're holding so tightly that we become so distracted. We are exerting energy and our creativity and our time into holding on to stuff so tightly. Whereas if we just release that, then we would notice how compassion and acceptance and liberation, all the things that we were longing for anyway, would reach us. And you know what? I'm just in the mood, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. But I think what a lot of people miss when we have these conversations about joy, about liberation, freedom, or healing, is that, like, we really do think it's a destination. Like, and and I'm not even going to lie, I can imagine that Tracy of four years ago jumping into that water, you know, with her word deeper, thought that, you know, there was some, that that was some point along a very finite line, right? And that I was going somewhere that there was some destination. I don't think that she, I don't even think she fully understood that Tracy today in 2022, recording this podcast, would be still wrestling with some of the same things. Learned a lot, have grown a lot, have healed a lot, but there is no destination. Like, you know, sometimes you hear, I'm going to get to joy. And then there's like this boom, I got it. Mm, No, I mean, you get to a joy (laughs) and then you go to another joy and so on and so on, right? Or like, you know, I'm going to get to this destination called healed, where I'm healed, period, right? And yeah, no, that's not how this works at all. It is a process. It's a lifelong process. And more than anything, it's a process that you access through practice, So this liberation work of mine is a practice. Freedom is a practice. Joy is a practice. Healing is a practice. It's not a destination that you arrive at. It's a space that you carry with you daily. I love how Morgan Harper Nichols in her book, uh, Peace as a Practice, writes that practice simply means to carry out. And so I'm often asking myself, How am I carrying XYZ out? Or rather first, what am I carrying out today? And sometimes you think you're carrying out joy, but child, you are not carrying joy out today. (laughs) You're carrying out something else entirely and it probably is not all that great. (laughs) And so I think just taking a beat and asking ourselves, what am I carrying out today? Or what do I intend to carry out today? Am I going to carry out my freedom today? My liberation today? My joy today? 
So yes, I see freedom as an intention. I'm going to be as liberated as I possibly can in the spaces that I move in today, right? That's an affirmation, right? Especially for those of us who are often marginalized and we have to, again, navigate this world with a kind of hypervigilance and awareness that some people do not have. And so it is, our freedom is a daily intention that we have to carry out. This chaotic world, these systems, white supremacy, patriarchy, if we aren't intentional, then they will ensure that we do not know freedom, that we do not know joy, that we do not heal. And so the practice of liberation, the practice of joy might be, let's just say, for you taking a nap when your body is asking for it. Thanks, nap bishop. (laughs) It might be saying no. (laughs) Or it might be saying, hell yeah. For me, it might be swinging with my daughter at the park. I think it's important to wake up every morning and ask your soul what it needs to be free. To feel free that day. And here's the thing. Let me rephrase that. Because the truth is, is that our souls and our spirits are already free. Freedom is our birthright, just like joy is our birthright and peace is our birthright. But I think if we ask our souls or even our bodies for that matter, what do we need to feel the freedom that is inherent to us? I think that's a really good way to move into practice. And again, this applies to joy and sorrow and rage and grief And all of these things that are living in this same body, in this same space. And so our intentions have to be about what are we going to allow to come to the surface? One of the ways that we can right size this space in us with all of this stuff, the rage, the sorrow, the grief, the joy, the peace, the love, is by creating practices around joy and peace Um, so that that can take up just as much space or even more space than those other uh, more challenging emotions. And also wrapped up in the activity of practicing these things is the act of empathy and self-compassion that we offer ourselves. Because sometimes when I say practice, people will be like, oh, I miss taking my walk today. Which, that's my thing. I'm supposed to be walking every day, just so you guys know. You can hold me accountable. You can ask me if you see me on the street. Did you walk today, Tracy? (laughs) But that's just a thing for me. It's a spiritual practice for me. It's a physical practice for me. But, you know, sometimes I can really, like, beat my head in because I did not take my walk for that day. And so I think we have to, while we're practicing these things, allow ourselves to also um, allow the practice of empathy and self-compassion to live alongside those things. And the more self-compassion and empathy we have, I think the more inclined we are to act out our practices and to be disciplined in the ways that we desire. Discipline doesn't have to be some hardcore whip that we're cracking on us it can be the thing that actually helps us to be free and sometimes practice really is just about putting not a far off plan for ourselves for the next year but sometimes it's just about planning the day 
And how are we going to write in our joy for the day? And sometimes when I follow a daily process of simply just doing the next right thing for me in any given moment, things just move better. That I'm not necessarily planning for next week or next month or next year, although there's nothing wrong with that. But really when it comes to my soul and my spirit and my mind and my body that I'm planning for the day. And we can ultimately get to those things in the future that we envision for ourselves and even the better things that we can't even imagine that God has for us. If we're simply just moving and doing the very next best thing for ourselves in any given moment. Number one, it it forces us to be present. I know for me, at least, it forces me to be attentive to the day and not the year. And it also allows me to let God lead me to where I need to be, which for me is the safest, most profitable, most powerful, most dynamic place that I can be. Let's turn to the phones and see what our callers have for us today. Hi, my name is Barry Social. I love being around people. And I even enjoy interacting with the people that I work with. But I struggle wanting to roll out of bed Monday morning. It's even so bad that I wind up having migraines on Sunday knowing that I have to go to work. I always have admired those folks who say they love their job. There's nothing in the world that they would rather do than go to work. However, how do people find that type of joy where even if they didn't get paid for it, they wouldn't mind going in? And I've heard people say that, but I have never been someone who has found that complete joy in a job. Just want to know what is the secret to that. Hey there, very social. Thank you so much for calling. Listen, you know, I am of the mind and I and I love uh, this quote. Um, I believe it was Eartha Kitt where they asked her, like, what was her dream job, I think? And she says, honey, I don't dream of labor. <laughs> and I, I'm with that. Like, I think some of what people feel when they say, oh, I love my work and I love, is really not about going to a nine to five or going to a job. It's like that they feel purposeful and that it's about um, them accepting and, and, and feeling a sense of purpose in the work that they're doing, but not necessarily in getting up and going to a job. So for instance, they would be passionate and excited and joyful about that work, no matter how it showed up, because they enjoy the work. And so I would say that if you're struggling rolling out of the bed, um, or, you know, having to go to work, or, you know, on Monday morning, Sunday night is just, you know, a struggle, it may not necessarily be about what you're doing, but it might be about where you're going, <laughs> right? And so I think finding joy on the job 
requires a couple of things. And again, I, I say this almost every, almost every episode is that joy doesn't go anywhere. You have it. You carry it with you. It's your birthright. It's inside of you. So you don't have to find joy on the job per se. You have to figure out how to access your joy while you're working, while you're at that job, right? So if it means that, hey, you know, what would bring me joy is if I had a minute in the day to just rest, right? And if you have, if it's feasible, can you take a 15-minute nap in your car, right? Will that give you the refreshment that you need to go out and go back into the office and do what you have to do, right? And the reality is, is that maybe you just don't, like Eartha Kitt, don't dream of labor and that you just go to work because that is what you need to do to provide for your family or, you know, or whatever. Right. But that isn't the center of your joy. That's not the center of where you find fulfillment and purpose. And guess what? That's okay. You don't know, like there are a, a myriad of people who go to work, they go to their nine to five, they make their money, they, they get that check, but where they find their fulfillment and joy and passion is elsewhere. Maybe they volunteer. Maybe they have a side hustle. Maybe they, I don't know, like they work in the church or they, you know, work in their community. And that's what provides them with that fulfillment. And the job is just the job, right? And that that's just something that they do. And when they don't do it, it's, it's gone and it's okay, right? And so I think figuring out where you live in that spectrum, right? Are you looking for this job to provide you the purpose and fulfillment that you want? If so, then, and if this place that you're going to doesn't offer that for any number of reasons, then maybe it's time to begin to look at a place, a job that's actually going to give you that fulfillment. Or Maybe you need to think about how you're showing up at the job and are you bringing joy? Are you bringing your joy that already exists, that we already have into the space, right? And and if not, how can you do that more? Joy for, you know, to make the space for you more joyful and to make it more joyful for the people who encounter you in the space. And then finally, maybe it is just a job, like, I don't think people say that enough, right? I know with the LinkedIn's and the, you know, the job podcast or whatever, they'll probably come for me. But at the end of the day, maybe it is just a job. And maybe that's got to be okay. Because maybe you are being fulfilled and you have joy and you, like, maybe that's showing up in other areas of your life. And maybe if you make that big in your mind, right? And make the fact that I just spent the whole weekend with my family or I just spent a whole weekend serving my community. And yes, Sunday is a drag, but you know what? I just shift your focus, right? Shift your focus to what gave you joy on Saturday and Sunday morning. So that Sunday evening might be a little less of a drudge because you know, that's just the place that you go to get the money that you need. That's going to facilitate the things that you really want to do. I think that's okay. I know people will say, no, you should find a job, you know, that, you know, gives you joy too. I don't know if that's feasible or realistic. I think that might be a more of a privileged perspective. I know that I enjoy writing. I know that I'm a full-time writer. I know that that's a privileged uh, place to be. Not everybody can just leave their tenure teaching position <laughs> and go off and write. I understand that, that that my position is privileged. And so I would never encourage anybody to do that. 
just on GP, right? As black folks say, right? <laughs> like I'm not telling you to do that. What I would say is just evaluate what you're actually looking for from this job, right? And whether or not, again, you can bring your joy to the space or whether or not it is just a job or whether or not um, there's you need a new job, <laughs> frankly. Like if you need to move on to a space that's going to give you what you need. I think those are really the three buckets when I think about your question. Thank you so much, though, for calling. I appreciate it so much. Fam, we're getting to the end of the season. And I am so grateful that I got a chance to really talk through Black Joy and Joy um, on the podcast. And I have some amazing things coming in 2023 for us. Um, So I look forward to sharing that with you soon. Again, thank you for listening. Be well. And if you can't be well, just be. Open your heart, share what you feel. No matter the subject, you can always be real. Hard talk with Tracy Michelle. Hard talk with Tracy Michelle. Hard talk with Tracy Michelle. Hard talk with Tracy. Thank you.